Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here we are then, episode 41 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Thank you very much for giving it a listen. Why don't you subscribe if you haven't already, because then we'll deliver every single one to you throughout the off-season and all through the season as well. At iTunes, just uh, search for the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. That's maybe well how you find it. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hi, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. How much effort did you just put into that hi, Tim, JB? Because you sound, <laughs> you don't sound like a man who's fresh off a stag do. No, no. Um, I've, I'm worried. I think by the end of this podcast, um, well, the end of next one, we're, I'm going to be struggling a lot. Uh, how are you feeling? Are you all right? Uh, Got the shakes? Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still sweating cold stuff. Uh, I'm not feeling great, no. And yes, yesterday was even worse. I'm getting over it slowly, slowly. Yeah, I'm slowly starting to feel more normal. I've slept about four times yeah, it's since, not, since uh, we got back. It's not the most aggressive hangover that I've had, but it's certainly the most long-lasting. <laughs> well, I think I've hacked years off my life. Well, we've got something on the podcast in a little bit, or someone on the podcast in a little bit, that maybe is the sort of guy either you, depending on your point of view, you definitely do or you definitely don't want on your stag do. Um, uh, interesting. And also we've got a fan-free agency, Phil, not no longer a player for Sedgley Park where he was from age six through to now he's going to experience what it's like to follow a team and there's going to be some more clubs that are pitching to be the club that Phil decides to follow and as well as all of that and to kick us off how about a rugby social oh that's oh yeah rugby players they do love getting on Twitter don't they so I've got uh, some of the tweets from rugby players who of course are starting pre-season or on their off-season so here are some tweets and Phil and JB are going to try and guess what they were talking about First tweet comes from Kai Griffiths, who spent the time with London Ooh. Welsh. He's now gone back to Ospreys. And uh, did Kai Griffiths... I played it as Ka- uh, Kai Griffiths, by the way. Did you? Oh, really? Yeah, he's playing Carnarvon. And our prop, uh, Mark Edwards, um, absolutely hammered him that day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he absolutely hammered him. Well, Kai Griffiths, uh, he was of London Welsh last season on loan. He's now back at Ospreys. Did he tweet, pre-season training gets you one of these Adam Jones... And then had a picture of his six-pack. Did he say, money doesn't buy you one of these, Bristol? And then tweet a picture of his championship medal? <laughs> <laughs> or, did it, or, did, or did he tweet, going back to Wales gets you lots of these? And a picture of a sheep on a hillside outside Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted one of those three things. Which was it? <laughs> 
I want it to, to be the medal. I desperately want it to be the medal. I think it's a sheep. <laughs> I'm going to say the six pack to Adam Jones. No chance. You're both wrong. It was oh, the medal. It was the medal. Oh, <laughs> no. He tweeted a picture of the Green King IPA English Championship medal and tagged at Bristol Rugby Club. <laughs> I was, oh, was going to said, oh, oh. money doesn't get you one of these, Bristol. I was going to say, I, I would yeah. th- I would hope he'd be a better winner than that. But well, yeah. ob- it takes the edge off it, doesn't it, when you've been released? <laughs> it's like, uh, not sure you're quite good enough for that medal. That's, that's not particularly humble in victory, is it? Yeah, no. Uh, but he, that's, that's what he tweeted. You can check it out. Uh, next one then, and it comes from, well, uh, an already registered member of Banter Squad Rah! <laughs> Joe Marla. And he was fully, once again, with his tweets. He's always, you know, totally letting you see exactly why he's a member of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast's banter squadron, the elite squadron of banter specialists. And Joe Barler has been inventing hashtags on Twitter designed to embarrass his England and Quinn's teammates. He made... Was it hashtag All Blacks? <laughs> no. <laughs> he posted a picture of England teammate Jeff Parling and invented a new hashtag. Was it a picture of Jeff Parling with the hashtag Muppet Monday? <laughs> was it the hashtag Tosser Tuesday? Or was it the hashtag Weirdo Wednesday? I'll say Weirdo Wednesday. Oh, you're wrong. It's definitely, definitely Muppet Monday. 100% Muppet Monday. Phil's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Weirdo Wednesday. So you can only draw JB with this one. And it comes from Luke Narraway, now of London Irish. Mm. Son of a butcher, as he used to keep on saying when he got uh, picked for England. <laughs> Fresh in London. Uh, did he tweet? Third day in London. Third one hour traffic jam. Did he say third day in London? Wallet stolen and a parking ticket. Or did he say, third day in London, third duck hoisting rap? Pre-season. I don't think I'll be having many duck hoisting raps. Do many London Irish players I live sh- in London? Hmm. Or they live more on Reading Way? Sunbury is where the training ground is. It's kind of just outside Twickenham and Richmond, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. I think a lot of Ooh, them live in So maybe they do live around there. Um, I think like Quinns and London Welsh and London Irish boys all kind of have coffees together and mingle a lot, quite a lot. Do, mm. do they? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so it'd be quite easy then for uh, Marlon Yard just to, you know, switch clubs. <laughs> doesn't have to leave <laughs> his mates. Yeah, doesn't have to <laughs> switch group, groups of friends. Uh, okay. I'm, uh, uh, where's he get? He's come from France. I'm going to say hoisting raps because I don't think there's many hoisting raps knock, knocking around um, Claremont when he was there. Perpignan. Perpignan, sorry. No, you're probably right about that. I'm going to say that the... Uh, Parking ticket. Lost a wallet and, and a parking ticket. Phil's rinsing it. <laughs> 2 0. He's unbeatable. He's unbeatable. <laughs> he is unbeatable. I'll tell you what, I've got one from David Flatman as well. Let's just do this one. It's, it's academic at this point. But David Flatman, did he tweet uh, that he went to see Elton John followed by Coronas at Andy Goode's house? <laughs> did he tweet that he went to see Kasabian followed by Red Stripe at Ollie Barkley's house? Or Ooh. went to see One Direction followed by some Pinot Grigio at Nick Easter's house? Hmm. <laughs> David Flatman. Old Flats, what do you reckon? There's no way he's exchanging texts with Ollie Barkley. I'd, oh, mind you, they went to the <laughs> Yeah, they were back together, together weren't they? But Ollie Barkley, has he gone to London Welsh as well? Yep. Hmm. He has, not he? So he's no longer in, in, in Llanethley. Um Good game's a quick game. 
would say the least appealing one would be Ollie Barkley's house and Red Stripes <laughs> terrible beer. Uh, so, but I think they've got history, which they have got history, and I'm going to say that's the one. Okay, Phil, what are you going with? I know that Andy Good. Have you seen? There was a little uh, thing on the Wasps website about what Andy Good's pre-pre-season has been. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he's Corona he's, time. He's just coming back to pre-season after spending a relaxing week in Dubai with the family and then a week in Vegas with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say it's not Andy Good. It's Nick Easter. Uh, it's Andy Good. Oh, oh. Andy Good. So you had time for Elton beers? John and Corona's Andy Good's house. Wow. There you go. <laughs> and that is. Uh, Again, without the, with the lack of games, that is social media uh, and rugby one players. Game. Rugby social. Oh, there was one game. Let's talk there, about that one yeah. game. Well, there was, there was more than one game. There was more than one game. You're right. You're quite right. Let me take it back. There was some rugby. There yeah. wasn't England playing, so that means I care much yeah. less, but yeah. you're quite right. Go on. Uh, well, was the it? most important game, the biggest game, was probably South Africa, um, Scotland, which surprisingly wasn't the biggest scoring game even though it was 55-6 <laughs> yeah um, Fern Cotter's uh, unbeaten run came to a shuddering and sudden halt <laughs> yes it it's not quite not quite so easy and it just shows us exactly you know what a joke team Scotland actually are <laughs> um, well how much of this is that's just how good South Africa are no and how much of it is how that's how bad Scotland are because it, South Africa didn't have a full team well they had yeah, five, un, five uncapped players Including Andre Pollard, who was uh, mentioned awesome. on the show. Looks yeah. very good. And uh, the, his little mate in, in the centre, who's not so little. And I can't say his name. Uh, Jan Servantain. Jan that's Servantain. the one. Yeah, those two are going to be around together for a long time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Vern Cotter started his, his post-match interview with, um, as much as we hate losing, like, no, no, you're coaching Scotland. You love losing. <laughs> um, I pulled up some stats on Scotland. And uh, they've they've got the wooden spoon roughly about twenty five percent of the time that they've uh, taken part in the in the Six Nations, Home Nations slash Old Five Nations. And <laughs> <laughs> Good knowledge. Yeah, it get, it gets better because you need to look at all the top uh, rugby playing nations, and it's not till you get to Tonga that you find a team which which Scotland have beaten more than the, than they've beaten them. Wow. wow. Yeah. Fact. Oh yeah. Wow, it's knowledge being just left all over the place. <laughs> they, they, they are a joke. You're opening your kit bag and just throwing just knowledge throwing around, around the changing room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, I mean, not just rugby team as a nation. They like, um, and they like to lose. I, I even looked at the last time that they won anything at football. I've only got six wins in major tournaments since 1930. So, and that's a national game. Wow. So uh, yeah, they. Um, yeah, they've lost quite a lot in the past, and I imagine they're going to lose in the, fu- in the future too. But I do think that something else interesting has happened over the summer, which is the rise of the second-tier nations and how competitive like that next tier down is. Yeah. We talked about Japan last time, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, because Japan are now in, in the top 10, the top 10 IRB, IRB rankings. Uh, which is great for them. And USA, again, beat Canada for the first time in there. Yeah, an incredibly close game. Like They're, they're both um, uh, improving. Canada should have beaten Scotland. There's no two ways about it. The the, the worst red card since uh, since since Jared Payne was uh, was given out in that game. They they would have beaten Scotland. Scotland would have legitimately beaten USA. USA would have beaten Canada. And I think it's probably about time that we say Scotland should now go over to the second tier nations and play against Georgia and some of the teams like that because they're well, not Italy as well have not had a good no. good summer. They lost to Japan. They lost Are to you... Samoa. They lost to Fiji. Yeah, you're right. Are you seriously saying that? splinter off 
and have a tier two. Well, are you just doing it for a rise? Because come on, uh, I, I think the Six Nations gen- genuinely could do. Yeah, I, two, I think, two five. Uh, yeah, you could have um, Scotland and Italy playing against Georgia, Romania, Russia, teams th- like that. I do think Italy might need a little bit more time, but they've got better individuals. Well, some of them are ready to call it a day as well. Hmm. Like Parise, like uh, Mazzi, like Castro Giovanni, uh, like Bortolami. Let's just imagine there wasn't all this history of f- four nations, five nations, six nations. Let's just imagine that for a second and the promotion, relegation. Not yeah. sure if I'd go promotion, relegation. I think I'd, I'd want more almost like a, if you meet a certain criteria, you can go up. Yeah, or promo- you can go promotion, relegation is like, it's too much of a single good season. Yeah. Based on rankings. Because a few years ago, Wales yeah. came pretty low down in the Six Nations. And if they got relegated, the next year they, they, go, and win, they, they go and win a Grand Slam. Yeah, that, so it's not quite as yeah, obvious. Okay. Based on rankings, I'll be rankings could be is spread over two or three years, isn't it? And Argentina, yeah, and it's like each yeah. year you have 12, 13, 14 games in that calendar year until the next uh, Six Nations has been decided. So it's a lot of games that are actually taken account of. Yeah, Argentina are getting hammered by the big three. I'd quite like to see them taken out of there and playing in Scotland. Just so, because there, there are actual good matches now, intriguing good matches with these well, second tier teams. Argentina should, they, I do think they'd be better dropping out of the, the Tri Nations and playing in what's the, is now the Pacific Nations Cup that uh, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, yep. Japan, USA, Canada all compete in. And I think that's probably closer to their level, albeit um, in the last month's worth of games, they've only had a second team. They're based in Europe and almost, as we've talked about, an Argentina team in Super Rugby, which can then hold their players together. Yeah. So the national team well, almost acts yeah. as, as, as a Super Rugby franchise as well. Well, give us your thoughts on that uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, when, when we actually look back to the start of the season, Phil was like really strongly saying about what you wanted the structure of the new European competition to look like before it was actually announced. And it ended up being that the IRB, it was almost like they listened to the podcast and went, let's do what Phil says. Yeah. So, it, so yeah, they would, the IRB may well be listening. Yeah, exactly. they'd, be, they'd be very sensible if they were doing that. Although they've not eliminated the knock-on yet, like I've suggested, <laughs> or reintroduced the shoulder charge. So they're not yeah. listening that carefully, are they? <laughs> well, you mentioned the Pacific Nations tournament, and there was a game going on down there, wasn't there, Phil? Yeah, World Cup qualification game. Huge, huge. I guess you call it a local derby, although there's probably several thousand miles <laughs> yeah. separating kind of, them. Kind of. Uh, Fiji played the Cook Islands. And That's a long way away. Aren't the Cook Islands like by New Zealand somewhere? It's Pacific, isn't it? I don't know. It's all, it's all the same to me. Down there. <laughs> yeah, it was slightly one-sided game. Um, I think it finished 108 points to six. The Cook Islands won. <laughs> so even more one-sided than the uh, South Africa Scotland game. Do you remember when the Cook Islands played uh, Commonwealth Sevens? Uh, no, no, oh, well, I don't. Uh, strange enough, I do. And uh, they played the Commonwealth Sevens in the Commonwealth Games, uh, and then they got their players to run in the four in the <laughs> four by one hundred relay. <laughs> Same players. <laughs> so that means that Fiji have qualified for next year's World Cup, and they will be in what I guess is the group of death. Oh, yeah, isn't it ever? With England, Wales, Australia, Fiji. <laughs> Bearing in mind that two World Cups ago, Fiji not Wales out yeah, of the group stage. Don't, don't I know it? <laughs> don't I know it? And wow. then another. Remember ch- chasing an Englishman across the rugby pitches in Colwyn Bay uh, after he o- overly v- vigorously celebrated the Fiji win? <laughs> in fact, about five of us did. <laughs> Locked him in his car. 
but there, there was also a couple of qualifying games in the uh, African tournament. Um, there's a little uh, round robin tournament going on with, I think it's Namibia, Zimbabwe, ah. Madagascar, and Kenya. Now, and they're all they're all. Jack Berger mentioned this. Yes, when we when we interviewed when we interviewed Jack, Jack Berger when he came and uh, met up again with his mate JB. Yeah, he, yeah, he was talking about how Madagascar. There's nothing else to do there, so they like fifty thousand people will turn out for that match. Uh, so Madagascar got beat by Zimbabwe uh, comfortably, actually twenty two fifty seven, and Kenya narrowly beat Namibia twenty nine twenty two. There you go. But there's there's more games in the next couple of days. Actually, I think there's games on Wednesday and then again next Saturday. Well, that's my Wednesday and Saturday sorted out. Then. <laughs> Excellent. No uh, games, Tim. No games. <laughs> <laughs> well, can can we stay? You mentioned the Pacific and New Zealand, and before we move away from down under and come back to to the UK again, can can we just mention this? And it's something that I'm definitely going to tweet out at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. A hacker between two basically sick form teams, like high school, college teams. I mean, how good is this in New Zealand? They put these competitions on telly and yeah. big crowds turn out to Really? See. Yeah. Auckland Grammar School and King's College. So, so like Under 18, oh, basically. Sorry, I have messed up horrendously here. Right. I thought what you were saying is they are televising hacker competitions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit like... like it's a bit like the Street Dance Two, that film, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, but just Harker. Uh, no, but this is this is basically the two teams. But one of the teams got the whole school basically to come out and do the hacker. Wow, it was amazing. We've got hundreds of guys there. Wow, they got all the Maori boys. Oh, God. And all the rugby team in Auckland Grammar to do it. Oh my word, there's loads of them. Yeah. Two, three hundred there. Yeah. I hope they won. <laughs> God, I feel kind of sorry for the guys who are doing it because they're getting really fired up. They are, aren't they? Adrenaline's going, and then and, some housewives and they're are wearing cardigans. Down. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're wearing cardigans and long pants, and then they've just got to sit on a bench for it, for two hours watching. Sounds classic private school. They're going to get them all g'd up. Then sit down, sit down now. <laughs> Don't mess around. What awesome. a spectacle, what an yeah. awesome spectacle. There's quite a lot of nonsense that goes on around the hacker. So I don't know exactly what the rules are, I'm sure someone can tell me. But on the like, 100th anniversary or the 50th anniversary of when Wales played uh, New Zealand, we were allowed to answer the hacker with a, with a hymn of some sort, a terrifying hymn. And uh, <laughs> we, got, we then got smashed. 45-10 or something. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal. But the year after that... Uh, they refused to do the hacker because we said, well, we sang our hymn last year. After you, So I think they've got to do the hacker the last thing before they play. You can't yeah. respond And there was the other one where Wales didn't start, move backwards and the opposition has to be the first to walk away. That was the third year. Ah. Right? So the second year, they had to do the hacker in the changing rooms. 
So they didn't do it on do it on the pitch because they refused to do it on the pitch in front of the Welsh in case the Welsh did some singing. So the third year, the Welsh... I mean, we keep losing. I don't think you should... <laughs> you're not allowed to do that unless well, you start it worked, winning. It worked for the French, didn't it? When they, they ripped off the T-shirt. I mean, they didn't do anything after the hacker. They did it before the hacker. And they ripped off in the World Cup semi-final in France, ripped off uh, their tracksuit tops and they all had different coloured T-shirts on that made oh, the line nice. look like the French flag. They did as well, didn't they? A third they? of them were blue, a third of them were white, and then a third of them were red, and they were stood opposite. The French flag was opposite. It was, and the atmosphere was amazing. It was in the it was in the Stade de France, and it was it was awesome. And then New Zealand won. Uh, when, sorry, uh, France won. When you said they ripped off the T-shirts, I was imagining some kind of Hulk Hogan <laughs> en- entrance up to oh, the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> You're going down. Uh, it's also, oh, just on this video, uh, the other school, I didn't realise this, the other school took off their blazers and the whole school ran on the pitch and they did their one as well in response. <laughs> Crikey. I know, so both schools did it. Look at this. Wow. Oh, it's just amazing. All right, have a look at the video, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. It's, uh, it's awesome. I love that it. Must have spent, they must have spent far too long doing this. Yeah. God knows what the carol service is like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's one more thing to talk about before we depart down under. And we're nipping to, over to Rugby League. Now... Yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it has been suggested that we have a new entrant for Banter Squadron. Bah! Bah! Launch the music. Banter Squadron is an elite group of men <laughs> who safeguard the virtues of banter, humour general entertainment off as well as on the rugby pitch <laughs> now already in banter squadron are Joe Marler we've got the original the honey badger Nick Cummins this isn't the right music is it I think it, 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 <laughs> hold on it'll get there there yeah, we go, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, good old tune this. Nick Cummins and uh, Joe Marler and there's another one isn't there Haskell uh, no that he's he's a he's waiting to be inducted was it not um Irish second row floppy hair. Oh, oh Donica and Callahan. Yeah. Uh, well, we have a new. Uh, it's been suggested that for Banter Squadron. And thank you very much, City nine three nine six on Twitter. Paul uh, says Banter Squadron special forces call upon NRL Cronulla Sharks Todd Carney, <laughs> and he's then supplied us a picture of uh, Todd Carney, the National Rugby League player in Australia for Cronulla Sharks. Uh, how do we put this? Um. Stood at your urinal, but the he's not projecting into any it. wee into the urinal. He's projecting it upwards towards his tongue outstretched. <laughs> yeah, that kind I of thought, does it. I, when I first got this picture, um, I was in Bulgaria. No, I wasn't. Was I? I was in Hungary. Hungary. Yes. And <laughs> I was fairly intoxicated myself. I, I wasn't tempted to, to try it, for the record. And uh, I looked at this thing. I was like, uh, that must be an old picture. That's got to be like some old... Uh, kind of viral picture from, from somewhere and then the more I got into it the more I realised no no this is fairly recent and then I realised it was actually a rugby player and uh, it turns out uh, it's, this is getting quite serious now well as of uh, when we record this four hours ago Todd Carney has been deregistered as an NRL player and told he will never ever play in the he's never ever allowed to play in the NRL again they're idiots they are idiots aren't they What's your, what's your rationale behind that one? Well, he's not the first rugby player to drink his own urine. Hell, 
I've actually drank someone else's. So, <laughs> it, you know, it isn't the end of the world. And he was doing it in his own time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, some of the tweets about this were so, were so funny. Mine was by accident, by the way. Uh, now, some of the tweets about this were quite, were quite funny. One, one guy tweeted, caught a man ju- just enjoy weighing on his own face in the privacy of a, of a public toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there is an ele- there is an element where I I mean, would I would I advise anyone to do it and let people take a picture of them? Absolutely not. <laughs> But do I think a guy's career should be ended over something he, he no. did on, in his own time in a public toilet? I mean, hell, there are worse things that have happened yeah. in, in public toilets. He's not hit anyone, you know. Yeah. He's, not, he's not taking he's not... illegal drugs yeah. you know, no. in a toilet no. cubicle. He's not there harassing women or you yeah. know, doing anything but... Well, it, it's embarrassing. That's what it is. It's just yeah. embarrassing. It's, it's put... I'm mostly to him, and like you know. I need to get the picture off my screen. I just let me turn it around. <laughs> have you have you seen what the Daily Mail have done with the picture? No, they've uh, oh they've pixelated they've pixelated it out. It's like it's it's too abhorrent for them them to show it. Oh uh, yeah, censored. Well, I did after the Luis Suarez thing. I did take great pride in sort of saying, "You see, rugby breeds a better kind of man." <laughs> this uh, is rugby league, so ah uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. but, you know, the thing is about rugby, I mean, we know lots of people that play rugby because we're rugby, rugby players, but let's just think of the general population. So I think of who I work with, you think of who you work with, and how many people that we work with play rugby, like percentage-wise? Very low. Hardly, Hardly any. any yeah. Because this is, my, this is the point I make all the time. It's not for everyone. And you, there has to be a certain type of men- mentality which gets enhanced as you go up the leagues. Well, rugby league has the old mad Monday, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. still goes on. Where, yeah. where at the end of the season, when most teams are out and it's due to the knockout stage in the finals and they co- they coordinate it so that all the amateur teams also finish at the same yeah. time, everyone goes on an almighty bender uh, where pictures of people doing what Todd Carney's done would probably be commonplace. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The amount of stories that I could tell you, which I'm not going to now, are, in fact, we could all tell each other stories because that's what rugby is. And that's why it's well, not for everyone. Well, it, well, it has. Well, hold on. The, the, everyone knows, and there's always, like you say, that, that was the thing when when I said, "Oh, you see, rugby's better than this." When Luis Suarez did that thing, I got a load of um, messages back on Twitter and stuff from friends of mine who went, "Kevin um, Yates." Uh, well, yeah, no, but they said much worse. They went, "I've seen rugby players doing this and doing that, and what about that?" And I, it's it's hard to argue. There is a, there is a subculture there within rugby, which, and this is rugby league we're talking about, but it's there in rugby as well, which. Would put a lot of people off. Yeah, it let's does. be. Let's and that's be why it's not for everyone. And I keep on saying it, it isn't. It isn't for everyone. Well, can I say because it's been suggested that Todd Carney goes into banter squadron. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Just wait. He has got um, previous. Ah, he I ha- don't know about the previous. So let's hear this. First. He's got a little bit of a previous. So uh, back in two thousand and seven, police pursued a vehicle they suspected of being driven by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Was it a golf cart by any chance? Uh, no, it wasn't actually. Um, but the police had the sirens sounding and the lights flashing. Carney driving refused to stop and had a high-speed chase through the back streets of Canberra. After getting into a dead end, he got out and fled the scene on foot, turned himself in the next day. Uh, he turned himself in? He turned himself in because there was someone in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> he went, uh, it was Todd Carney. Um 
So yeah, he got a 12-month good behaviour order, banned from driving for a couple of a years. good behaviour order, that doesn't sound and like... 200 hours community service. A okay. good behaviour order, order sounds like something which Johnny Wilkinson would like would receive <laughs> yearly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Canberra Raiders at the time sacked him for that. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I kind of go with that. Uh, yeah, fine. Uh, now, now let's fast forward one year to 2008. It was alleged he urinated on a man in a Canberra nightclub. The complaint was withdrawn two days later, uh, but he remained suspended for a round of matches. Okay. So that's kind of, he wasn't, wasn't substantiated. Let's go to 2009 now. He went on a vandalism spree. Ah. Jumping on a car bonnet and damaging the entrance to Phone Zone store. He received a 12-month suspended jail sentence, was ordered to undertake alcohol counselling. Now 2009, <laughs> the next month, oh, he no. was assaulted by four men. Carney reportedly injured a man by setting his pants on fire. <laughs> See, a man suffered a burn to his buttocks, a scrotum, and upper thighs, <laughs> having his pants set alight while on holiday. What, what kind of fist fight do you have time to light one of, one of your attackers? <laughs> he must be. <laughs> uh, he had a season-long ban uh, from Sydney Roosters in 2010. He had a good year, and he was re- he, na- he was named. Rugby League International Federation's International Player of the Year. Wow. Wow. What wow. A, what a turnaround. And then in December, injured himself falling from a balcony whilst trying to gain entry to a building after locking himself I've out. I've got to say, this guy sounds like someone that could be in the rugby club and just takes things a little bit too far. But on the, <laughs> on the most, is actually okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there was another drinking based uh, issue in 2011 so he's got he hasn't he hasn't put the NRL in particularly good light for about six years now (laughs) (laughs) give or take apart from one excellent season where he played really well the great news is I mean we're in Manchester and we've only got a a couple of rugby league teams teams down the road don't be surprised to see him him here soon yeah Warrington Salford City Reds yeah Warrington like taking disgrace if you go to play for Salford City Reds I'll put it out here now I'll go and watch him I'll go for a night out with him yeah (laughs) would it be would it be irresponsible of us to put him into banter squadron no (laughs) no it wouldn't because it does look like he gets in trouble because of banter Uh, I I don't know setting lights to someone oh it it happened to um, smashing up in front of a shop it happened to me it happened to me. I got satellite doing a court session in Cardiff only three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> only three weeks ago. What happened? I was doing a court session and someone flamethrowed my flamethrowed my back. With, and, a, uh, with the deodorant can. Deodorant can <laughs> and back of my shirt caught fire. So it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I've got children. I can't. I can't. I can't put him into with good conscience. Put him into. Let the boys him. play, Tim. <laughs> he can play as much as he wants in his own time, and I haven't got a problem with the picture that has seen him sacked from the NRL for good. Yeah, happy to give him some airtime, but sounds like uh, died of a thousand cuts kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah, but we are, we're yeah. talking if about that was the one. If that was the one thing, and that was that was his bag. Yeah, mm. but we've got a safeguard banter <laughs> for the good of rugby and. So Todd Carney... It's n- not on me this one, I not, want him in. You're I not in Panther Squadron. And there we go. Keep trying though, Todd. Keep trying. Uh, one thing that is, is happening quite regularly now uh, is we're getting entries, people pitching to have their club be the one that Phil supports. Mm. So how, how many years are we talking that, you've been with, that you have been with Sedgley Park as a player from mini rugby to uh, first team in the championship even? Yeah, uh, 19, something like that. Wow. Club, um, club legend, stalwart, stalwart. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the last 
last 10 of those years, I've probably only played... Five games? <laughs> more than... It's definitely more than five. I'd say half as many as I probably should have done because of injuries and... Uh, and uh, Poor Well, I'd, a couple of years out because of studying as well. The fact Poor. remains, though, Phil, the fact remains you went from mini rugby through to championship with your hometown club. Correct. Um, that's something to be admired. Home village, almost. Home village, Home almost, village yeah. yeah. It's... it's um, Less than a mile away from my, my parents' house yeah, where I grew yeah. up. But that is, that is to be admired. But also, it does mean that you've never experienced the joy because every Saturday's been taken up. Uh, yeah. for, for career, you, you oh, he has lots of Saturdays off. Don't <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> you haven't experienced the joy of supporting a team. There hasn't been a side you've thrown your weight behind. So Phil wants to experience what it's like to, to follow a rugby team. He just doesn't know which one. That's where you come in. You pitch why Phil should pick your team in the fan free agency and by the start of the season, Phil will have selected a team to follow. He'll get the, the shirt. We'll go to a game and do a podcast at your ground. We'll generally big up your team. And it, what what a shortcut to getting loads and loads of talk about your team mm. yeah. on the Egg And then loads podcast. and loads of associated money from all the publicity, right? Yeah, of course. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> two teams today. Uh, oh, we need, the, we need the theme tune for this. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> We've got a theme tune. Oh, the littlest hobo music. <laughs> Phil doesn't have a home, so here we go then. What are the two teams today, JB? Two teams. Oh, well, I'll read the first one. First one is London Wasps. So this one comes in from Niall Prisk. Thank you very, thank thank you very much, Niall. Uh, so, he starts with a, a bit of history, and I like this history. London Wasps was derived from Wasps Football Club, who were formed in 1867 at Eton and Middlesex Tavern. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Rich history there. Yeah. Well, it, it was formed in a pub. I, I love <laughs> it. Uh, they changed the name to London Wasps with home games being played at Adams Park, which on a packed match day is one of the best stadiums in the Premiership. I'm not... Well, sh- no, well hold on. If you can tell us the last packed match day, Niall... Um, <laughs> yes, that is a fair point. I went to London Irish last season and I quite like going to it. It's got the trees as a backdrop. It's it's quite a nice part of the world. It's it's, it's quite a nice place um, t- to have a drink and you get a nice bit of sunshine in the afternoon. But it wasn't packed. It was far from packed. Was the atmosphere pumping around the whole ground? Uh, because that's how it's described here. I, I'm sure it can do on a good day. You know, Christian Wade on a hot sunny day, scorching him for a hat trick. I bet it's a good place to be. It lacked it on the day I went anyway. Okay. So they've been a dominant force in English rugby for, for the past decade. I give you that. Yeah, boring, definitely. Oh, he's fair enough. Said boring the last two or three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They've won six premierships: 1990, 1997, 2003, 2004, 2005, and 2008, uh, Heineken Cup 2003, 2004, and 2006, 2007. So, and then so I didn't like him much at, much at Cardiff. In fact, Cardiff were miserable and and and, and the Dai Young for about two or three years. And I've been in a in a room after after matches with Dai Young before and heard him be interviewed and stuff. And I don't think there's a more honest and straight he is honest. straight up guy in in the Premiership for a director of rugby. To be honest, he he tells it how it is, and he's he's happy to criticise uh, his team and himself when they don't have a good day. And I, I find it refreshing when he when he talks. He doesn't try and. 
you know, pull positives where there are none. He just says, no, we're going to get back and we need to get on the scrum machine because that was below par and we need to sort it out. Yeah, and I don't think they have as much money now as they used to. I think that's the other thing. I think if you look at... <clears throat> I, we don't have the salary cap numbers to hand, but if you look at their team, you suspect they're not spending up to the salary cap. Yeah, there's there's certain positions in that, that squad that they they look really strong and other positions they don't look Well, that look said, that said, I, I think it might not be a bad time to support Wasps, uh, Phil, because... With a fair wind, I think they could surprise people this coming season. I think they've invested. I think they've invested their money very well. I think they've they've bought well. So key positions. Hmm. Well, okay. So uh, they've got a proven proven reputation with their with their academy and previous players coming out. Now you've got to be careful here because uh, I will put, put put you up on this. Danny Cipriani, Billy Vunapolo. Didn't Billy Billy Vunapolo grow up in Wales? I'm sure he did. I think they got them both from Bristol. Did they? Uh, but they did, to be fair, they did hone their skills. Okay. Give them first team rugby. Lord Salario, fine. Do- Don Waldock, Tom Reese, yeah. and cool. the current crop of youth is exciting. Elliot Daly, Christian Wade, Jake Cooper Woolley, Simon McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Sales sell Sharks, really. Yeah. Broughton Park. Yeah. Broughton yeah. Park. <coughs> Broughton Park, actually. Other names worth mentioning Nathan Hughes, J- James Haskell, Joe Launchbury, Tom, Von- Tom Vondell, and Joe Simpson. That's not. They seem like they've got. The potential to be very exciting, but not very steady. The, the way I think of Wasps is they've got some very big names and some very good players, like those you've just mentioned, but they've also got some like some weak links in that team, in, in my opinion. Um, so they've not got the full squad to kind of do any damage to, who to any stand, Who are your standout players there? Uh, I like the back row. I like Ashley Johnson, Haskell, Nathan Hughes. I think they've got some real gas. Oh, uh, yeah. Those, Joe, those Joe Simpson, Daly, Daly, Christian oh, Wade, yeah. Tom Vardell, Will Hellu. They've got some real gas there. But yeah. then like in the centres, I think they're a bit weak. They've not, not quite got front it. Front five. And, uh, Andy Good, yeah, and the front five. Front Besi- five. Besides Launchbury, their front five is weak. Well, he said with the speed in the back three, they'll certainly let the boys play. It's yeah. always well, positive. Bradley, De- Chuck, Chuck a line-out captain, James Gaskell, Chuck Bradley Davies in there. Uh, Chuck, tight, Chuck Tighthead prop, Lorenzo Cittadini, um, 31-year-old, 35 Italian caps. Yeah, Chuck could... a 10 in there as well to compliment uh, Andy Goode, Rory, Rory Jackson. Uh, they got Rory Jackson? Yeah. What, the yeah. Leinster? No, Glasgow. Glasgow. Who am I thinking of? Paddy Jackson. Ah, Paddy Jackson. Paddy Jackson. Yeah. I can't believe that he's gone. And he, but he hasn't, so that's why. But 25 caps for Scotland, Rory Jackson. Mm. Uh, now, this is where I, I soften to wasps. They gave, they gave jobs to Andy Powell. They gave jobs to um, Andy Good. Unfortunately, you also gave jobs to Kenny the Bossman Logan. Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Uh, but back in the day, I remember when they were really good and they had um, like Ibanez. I uh, said a front row of, of national captains. I'm sure they did. Vickery. Vickery, Vickery Ibanez. And I want to say, was there an Irish prop in there? Or... They had a New Zealander with grey hair. As not well. Payne. No. No, they had a New Zealander with grey hair. I forget his name. It'll come to Yeah, uh, no, you're right. They did. And I can't remember his name now, and it's going to bug me. Oh, yes, yes, anyway. uh, you're right. Yeah, so kind of rich history, uh, and he finishes off, as I would finish off, most importantly, we have Andy Good. <laughs> so <laughs> they're always going to be competitive. They are one of the powerhouses of, of English rugby. They, they dominated for a period about 10 years ago, but they've been around all the time. Through am- the amateur <coughs> era, they were one of the big clubs, mm. produced a lot of England internationals, and, mm. and the, yeah. Now... I think the best pitch we've had, in my opinion, in my opinion, and it's all about Phil's it's opinion. It's all about Phil's opinion. But in my opinion, the best pitch we've had so far is Bath because he brings in the town, uh, what it's like to drink around there, 
all those sort of, sorts of things. Now, I've never been to um, Adams Park. Tim, you, you've been there. I've been there. How's it compare? I want to be fair to Wasps because they're clearly trying. I quite like the ground. For a football stadium ground, it's kind of, I quite like it because it feels like an old school kind of ground, mm. which I like that. You get a good ale there. It's not, everyone's dead friendly. It feels relaxed. And like I say, there's the trees as a backdrop. But yeah, it's not the heart of a, a hub of a city like or a town like Bath or Northampton where you go to the locals just round the corner. So I think it lacks a bit of that. Mm. Um, but they do have a rich tapestry of history and a lot of big names. And you think about yeah. historically some of the guys that have come out of there. Was Didn't Nigel Melville? A great history, a bit of a dip, but building again. Yeah, could, could uh, buy low... Get in, get in while they're in a, a bit of a slump and then ride the wave for the good times. Exactly. Exactly. And you, you won't be like a Leicester glory hunter <laughs> or a, uh, you know, someone who's... Oh, Northampton glory, 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 glory hunter now. Now, yeah. in X Factor, they have boot camp that they send acts through to. Uh, Phil has boot room uh, to send acts through to on, a, on his shortlist where currently there is Ulster, there is Bath and there is Leicester Tigers. Yeah. Um, and I, I quite like Wasps as a club. I do like their their history, um, and I like the fact that they've contributed many uh, many great players to England. And the, their tradition of having the the powerful back row people like Delalio, Worsley, Betson, that they're continuing at the moment. But I don't particularly like the weakness in their squad, and I think I, I also think they're kind of enhancing that weakness. So their two strongest positions are back row mm-hmm. and the back three, and they've just taken Gaskell and Miller off sale, who arguably won't even get into that that Wasps Maybe team. Gaskell, no, I don't think Miller. Hmm, I don't think Gaskell We're ahead of Johnson. Has, oh, Haskell I wonder what, deci- what decision are you making, Phil? We have to rush so, you, Phil. So I'm afraid it's a no from me. They're not making it through to the room. Wow. That one hurts. That one hurts. <laughs> that cuts deep. Doesn't it? Okay. A second. Wow, no, let's just let let's yeah. just let that <laughs> let that <laughs> sink in. Wasps are not through to boot room. Phil is officially not gonna be a fan of wasps. Tell me know that. this. I would say we I think we should go to Adams Park. I think you like it, boys, but um we might have to do a podcast from Adams Park anyway. And, 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 I, and, Di, and Di Young <laughs> is probably my favourite director of rugby in the Premiership. Him and Jim Mallander and... And, and your favourite of all the favourites, Dean Ryan. <laughs> well, when, well he's, not, when he's back in the yeah, Premiership. He'll be back. If, if he gets back. So, Wasps, we are very much fans of your work. I think your signings are fantastic. And I tip you to be my uh, surprise package for the next season. However... Ooh. We're not going to be following you with Phil as a fan, I'm afraid. Thank you, though, Niall. Okay, and we've also got a, got a quick one. This is, a sort quick, of, is it a quick one? It is a quick oh, one. Oh, go on then, come uh, on. It's a sort of one that I like, and I'm going to read it out. I know the answer because I know Phil. What is it? Okay. Hi, JB. Bonnie Mine, RFC, pronounced <laughs> Bonnie Mine, currently playing the WRU Championship, one division below the WRU Premiership. Uh, notable professional area players to come through the ranks include Alan Wynne-Jones. The club has gained somewhat of a cult status following its inclusion in 1997 cult film Twin Town. Town. <laughs> exactly. As mentioned by Tim. Hence, hence this. 
It has a fiery rep- reputation and home ground, Park Mur, I can't say that, is essentially a cauldron on match days, the rugby equivalent of Turkish football club Galatasaray. <laughs> I find that <laughs> somewhat hard to believe. Uh, well, strangely enough, we, we know a guy who, who plays... At RG- have I mentioned I know a guy who plays in RGC? Uh, did, you, did you mention it on like, episode 14 or that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Over a while back. And they say it is like Galatasaray. <laughs> He said, oh, in fact, the whole of South Wales is like Galatasaray. <laughs> so, if you're from North Wales. Uh, the following season, 06-07, they won the, the old Division 1 West, but were denied promotion to the WRU Premiership because their ground did not meet the required standards. I feel that this is a, this is a match made in heaven because of the similar disdain in which Phil allegedly hold, holds the law. Well, you don't, do you, Phil? You love rules and you love the law. I I. Certainly do. Yeah. Can't get enough of them. Exactly. Uh, and now, more to the point, the club is in severe financial difficulty, uh, smuggling ton- tons of protein powder uh, <laughs> into the country, as is alleged, I'm sure, will provide the club with the, with the funds to stay afloat. So what they want you for, <laughs> Phil, is a drugs <laughs> mule. A drug mule. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know it makes sense. Cheers, Alex. That's one hell of a pitch. It so, is. They sound like more of a club for me than you. Um, hmm. But the, the drugs mule, that'll be... Potentially lucrative for both of us, wasn't it? <laughs> Potentially, I'm sure. <laughs> hmm. Well, it, it's, a, it's an excellent pitch, and I'd like to hear more um, from like kind of lower level clubs. I'm just trying to see if this maybe this will sway you. This is the scene where in Twin Town, where the AC Cobra, the AC Cobra, is driving around the pitch at Bonnie Mine Rugby Club. So, Bonnie Mine's featured on her, it's, it's made the silver screen. It has. Phil. Um, AC Cobra. <laughs> I, I do like the, uh, the pitch from a, a lower league club. But I think we've got one official Welsh lower league team of, for the podcast, and that is RGC. Exactly. JB occasionally mentions. Sorry. So, so yeah, we we can't have a competition from that. Yeah, we we do have an uh, an RGC pitch, but that's actually eight pages long. So um, <laughs> unwritten by JB, unwritten by me. So unfortunately, uh, we'll have to save that for another podcast. I think what what we're saying here is, Bonnie Mine Rugby Club. So no. It is a no. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. No one's made it to boot room. Not this week. Oh, <laughs> let's move on. Now, one thing we're going to be doing in the off season a little bit is we're going to be having little close-ups on some of the clubs in various competitions, and we just happen to have picked, uh, picked Premiership one today. Uh, now, what we're going to be doing is, is basically as we build up to the new season, all the players are in for pre-season and signings are being made and, and assimilated within the squad. We thought we would just run a rule over how clubs are shaping up ahead of the new season, predict how we think they're going to fare in the new season, judge the recruitment that the directors of rugby and scouting system has brought up and see where they're at. And the first one of those is Northampton Saints. Mm. So uh, Northampton Saints, obviously champions. Yeah, current premiership champions. Built no. the right way for playoff football. Yeah. I thought stash we should assess, because that's very important to us. Yes. yes. Signings as well we should assess. Yes. And and then we should, uh, and, the, and squad in general, and our predictions for the coming season. So uh, Northampton Saints are keeping the same stash. 
Birder. Birder. <sighs> Tell you what, though, home kit always looks good. Always looks good. It's, it's one of yeah, the classic a, sights to see on a rugby field. It is. It's very traditional. And yeah. It is good. The away shirt, that pale blue one. Oh, not no, not so sure about that one. Exactly. I, they don't know why. I don't know why teams do this. They get the the worst away stash. Yeah, they it's do. like they've got uh, you know mm. they open it up to five year olds to have a competition <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of Birda. I'll be honest. I don't know. I think they've done a really good, a really good, good good job with with the home kit. Oh yeah, stash. Yeah, could do better. Saints signings. Then well, there's only been a couple and not. Exactly the highest of profile players. Joel Hodgson from Newcastle Falcons is an, another young fly half. It'll be interesting to see how well, he fits in. They've got Myler first choice. Yeah. They've got Will Hooley coming through. My guess is he's going to be awesome if he if he's been signed from Falcons. Not because, he, because Falcons is a hotbed of fly halves. It is actually, but because they've got a habit of just taking players from other clubs who aren't as good and them turning out to be amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. True. I, I think he, he's signed very much as. Back up at the moment, and then one for the future. Like a couple of years down the line, when Miley yeah. retires, he'll he'll uh, start start playing. And then of the front line players, mm. it's only Van Velt's the number eight that's gone. There's been a couple of other players retired or left. Like Where's Paul, Van Velt's gone? Paul Diggins on to Worcester, uh, number eight. But the way I look at it, like this, it's almost like they're getting new signings in the in in a way. Alex Corbiziero, Ben Foden, yeah, Don injury, Wal- Don Waldock, injury, Waldock, injury. Oh, injury. Yes. And what we saw from last season was the emergence of so much young talent in yeah. Northampton Saints. That's one of the big things for me. Players like well, the, the, the two Collins, the two, Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson, the two Waller boys. Yeah. Uh, Haywood, who played for a long time because um, Hartley was injured. Yeah, lads like that who really came through and really impressed. Without without the, yeah. without those boys, they wouldn't have won the It always shows how, how hard it is to do a rating without knowing really who's come in or... So if if you did this last year, you were looking at the signings. Go, hmm, guy from Rotherham, not yeah, interested. Sam Dickinson, yeah, yeah a, what? That's what? a bit odd. A guy yeah. from San Francisco, nah, not not <laughs> not too keen. I look at the uh, the Northampton team, and they have strength everywhere. I think they've got. Well, we said it last season. They've got the best fifteen yeah. that you can put out there, and I think now we know a lot more about their their reserves and their wider squad. I think they've got one of the best squads out there. Yeah, probably. They, they, all they, they need really to do is, get, is make top four. That's all they've got to do is make top four. And then, if as long as they don't have bad in, bad injuries and they put out that their, their best team, they they you know they could well win it again. Yeah, they can beat anyone. And and the job they're doing for the England rugby team is tremendous with the number just so many English players coming through. And, yeah, uh, it, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, uh, I I just look at them and go, well, they're definitely top four. Yes. No, I, I mean without without question, and like you said, yeah, like, you, you, probably top. Two. The worst thing which could happen to Northampton is Stuart Lancaster has a really bad Six Nations. Stuart Lancaster has a bad Six Nations because yeah. if, if Stuart Lancaster goes, of yeah. course, yeah, Jim yeah, yeah. Jim yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I get what you were getting yeah. At there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do you think the uh, the Heineken Cup, or sorry, the European Champions Cup, is a possibility with the squad that they've got? Uh, maybe. They got to the final two two seasons ago. They can win any single game. I think that's what it yeah. comes down to. I'd be astonished if they don't make top four. I would be. I would be. Uh, and the next one we're going to run the rule over is Sale Sharks. Mm. Again, another team. Let's talk about Stash first. They're keeping the same kit, that samurai kit with the little shark fin on the bottom and the blue and white hoops. Reasonable. Uh, is yeah. it reasonable? No, it, it's middle of the road. Yeah. It's, 
about as much as I expect from sale. Sale yeah. shirts. It's 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 nice, but nothing special. They did an awful lot last year with not very little. Sorry, what did I just say? <laughs> what does that even mean? They did an awful lot last year with very little. Is that yes? That yes, makes that sense. makes sense. Uh, and I kind of think that they'll be lucky to do that again. And I'm not sure the signings they're bringing in. Out, oh. outweigh the signing uh, the people who are leaving. Oh, I don't know mm. about that. I, I'd, I'd maybe query that because they're losing a few front row players. Henry Thomas, not who, who struggled at times. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, and he's still. I think he's got a couple of question marks. Although a big prospect, Tony Buckley. Now, oh no! Now, whether Tony Buckley has technically retired, I don't know whether that's just that. Tim, he retired no one, two years ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's just that. I don't know if the truth is he hasn't been offered a good deal. But Tony Buckley is now retired from professional rugby. Aston Crowell has gone, has hardly played in three yeah. years. So they're the front row players they've lost. They've got in Dimarchi, the Italian international. Now, who, I've not seen this guy play. Oh, unless yes. he's. Yeah, he played a bit in the Six Nations yeah. and he looked good. He looked well, good. Um, Although I will say it's another, loose, it's another so. loose head. I think they're going to have to move Ivy and Lewis Roberts to tight head. Ace can do anything. Mm, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> at, at Locke, they've got out Kirill Kullerman, a kind of peripheral uh, figure, and they've brought in Nathan Hines. Yeah, mm. yeah. Scrum half is kind of like for like. Dwayne Peel out, Chris Custer in. That's not like for like. Mm. Dwayne Peel's an excellent, excellent player. Fullback, Rob Miller out, Luke McLean in. Yeah, that, that's, that's good. A, that's a good trade off. That might be an upgrade. The one area they, I think, have a glaring hole is at number eight. Now, I think they're going to have to move. And bearing in mind the year he's had, I'm not sure it's a good move. But they, I think they might have to move Michael Patterson to number eight mm. from second mm. row. Can he play eight? Has he played it before? He played six and eight for Lenethley Scarlet. No. Uh, Cardiff. No, where was he at? I think Cardiff. Yeah, what did Cardiff. It was. Um, Cardiff. That's not a good move for him as well, though. Just getting called up into the England like set up as a second row, and he, you play most of your season at either six or eight. That's not. It's not really what you want to be doing, is it? And I think that's an important position, uh, and I think that could bite him in the backside because they only put Gaskell there because they kind of didn't have a lot of choices. Mark East is all right, but so yeah, yeah I, I, I think a, bit, a big eight is a concern for me. But I think they've upgraded their front five. So. They had the opportunity uh, to sign Andy Powell and they didn't take it. What did they did they t- turn him down? Well, they, anyone could have signed him. <laughs> yeah. but, but again, you look at their squad and you just think they're they're one of those. They're pretty much like Steve Diamond, aren't they? Just hard edges and not particularly fluent, but hard. Yeah. How do you see him faring this season? I'd be surprised if they got top six again, personally. I'd yeah. be amazed if it's, they made top six. It's always more difficult if you're trying to play in the Heineken Cup as well. That's exactly like, it. Last season they were trying to play in the Heineken Cup and also trying to... Uh, when they get ground into small pieces by Toulouse or someone and they've got to come yeah. back next week and then pick back your, for a top six. Yeah, pick yourself up at Northampton away. <laughs> 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 on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. I think they'll be lucky to get top six. I'd put them, yeah. Uh, they strengthen a lot more I'd put than them they have. Eighth, something like that. Eighth, yeah. Eighth. Yeah. In that, in that sort of eighth, ninth area. And I, th- I think probably given the amount of money they spend, that, that's probably about where they should be. Yeah. Uh, are they at the salary cap? Do we know? Well, that used to, to, that used to be are. what Steve Diamond always said. He used to say, we are signing, we are paying yeah, for the salary cap. Yeah, he did say that, cap. didn't he? He used to say that. And so. if he is, what the hell is he spending on? Yeah. Solid season, but nothing spectacular from yeah. South Sharks. Mm-hmm. But they did well last year. But we'll yeah. continue. Okay, of course, if you are a Sales Sharks fan and you completely disagree and you want to tell us what for and that we've got it completely wrong, well, then that's all good. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. 
So that's another podcast done and dusted. We'll have another couple more clubs next time that we'll be running the rule over. Uh, we will have some more clubs that are pitching to be Phil's team of choice in the fan free agency. And, well, who knows between now and then, there may well be another rugby union or rugby league star doing questionable things in, <laughs> in public toilets. And if they do... We'll make sure we're there uh, with all the news on it. In the meantime, we won't, we won't actually be there. Not actually going to be there. Although but the, the enthusiasm JB had for it, he probably will be. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and we'll catch you next time. Good work, JB. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.